Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who walks and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. We will adore you, Lord. We will adore, we will adore you. Top. Worthy is the land. Worthy is the land. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. since we, we touched on it you may know how to sing it I'm just singing the chorus that comes to mind waiting here for you 
with our hands lifted high, high in praise and it's you we adore singing With our hands, with our hands, lift it up, lift it up in praise. And it's you we adore, and it's you we adore. Sing it, hallelujah! Sing it. Like you, Lord, 
but you have a word in season for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, somebody make some noise. Let's welcome Reverend Gilbert for more of the powerful word. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Sovereign Messiah, we thank you so much for the privileges we have in Christ Jesus. The one who came to lead us on the path of life. Thank you that he gave himself for us. That we can have access to the throne of God by his blood. We come tonight by the blood of Jesus Christ. May the blood be applied to all of our minds, our hearts, and cleanse us from all our sins. We pray in the name of Jesus that the glory that the blood purchased for us, this glory will usher us into a place of consistently living the victorious Christian life and espousing that word of truth, even the living Jesus, that we are delivered from the spirit of duality and that we are people who are steadfast with a singular mind, with no other purpose than to serve you, the one true and living God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord. As we've been studying, the teachings on duality have been placed under Bishop's book, Spiritual Dangers. Amen. And when something is a danger, you know, when you are inexperienced, you may not know certain things that are dangerous. You may, you may double in things, a child playing with fire or, 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 or uh, something that can, like with pins on it. They don't know it's dangerous. They think it's a toy. And so sometimes it takes someone who is experienced and, 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 and uh, mature to tell you this type of thing is a dangerous thing. Hallelujah. And so we spend some time talking about backsliding, which is one type of spiritual danger. But now, for some time, we've been studying the ten types of duality. Is that not so? Yeah. Duality is a danger. Having a, a dual personality spiritually. But you see, the whole thing is an anomaly. An anomaly is something that is, is, is not normal. It ought not to be. Because, you see, in the new creation, the Bible says that Christ has given us his nature. Hallelujah. And so if only we were to tap into the life of the new creation, there is no room for duality. Amen. But what's happening is that um, the old nature of Adam who has been crucified sometimes wants to come back to life. And, and I think, you know how sometimes somebody dies and somebody says, I've seen this person over here. If somebody is dead, their spirits don't have the the liberty to be roaming around anywhere they want to go. So, even though you may see someone with the same face, I don't believe it's that person. I think, I believe it is usually a, a, a spirit being which has borrowed the face of the person. Hallelujah. And so, and so, when we are plagued by the traits, the character, the attributes of the old Adamic nature, you know, that sometimes deceives us in thinking that this is who we are. And sometimes we yield to it. We think that, oh, this Christian life is hard. I mean, let me just follow my natural instincts. Then the devil is having a sway. Hallelujah. But we are teaching it because, you see, we are teaching it from the angle of strength. 
Because see, why would God put something in the word of God when he knows we cannot obey it? Amen. It will not be fair for God to punish us or to be angry with us when he tells us something we can't do. And so we are coming from the anger, from the mindset that we can't avoid duality. We are able to avoid duality. Hallelujah. And so the ten types of duality, we studied some of them. Um, separated and unequally yoked was one of them. Hallelujah. Which other one did we, do you remember? Spiritual and carnal. A person that is spiritual and also carnal. As you can see, Bishop has been using Samson's life as a prototype of the dual person. Amen. Because in one instance, he's doing exploits for God. And um, by all intents and purposes, and keep in mind that what Samson was doing was not just fighting the Philistines. He was also a judge. Like the judge of the, of the um, Israeli people. Because you see, from after um, a season, judges were in place. They, they didn't have kings. So the judges were their leaders. Is that not so? So, for somebody to be a judge, he's got to be, he's got to have, you know, some basic, you know, administrative wisdom and, and some good things going for them. But you see, this is the type of, this is the type of tragedy you also sometimes see today. That occasionally, you will hear that somebody who is a senator or a attorney general or somebody, you hear something has come out in the news, like it is the news in New York now. That, oh, this person who even prosecuted this other person for the same sins now, well, of course, it's too early to conclude. That's why I'm not mentioning names or places. But this person who prosecuted this person for sexual misconduct is not being excused of something similar. But then their public persona, you know, like, like um, if you see, see them in their element, uh, in, in, in either in court or in administrative circle, they are functioning perfectly. You will never suspect that they also have this other side. You see, but what we are talking about is that we who are of the, of the caliber of the nature of Christ, we ought not to succumb to that. Amen. So spiritual encounter, what other one? Mighty and weak. Amen. Something was both mighty sometimes and he was weak other times. And then which other one you, did you learn last week? Nasty and nice. Amen. I remember going somewhere and uh, uh, my aunt we had traveled to visit my my um, family and my aunt was there and those of us who came from the city, we had special treatment. So as she's shouting, so I could see how she could be nasty. <laughs> I don't know what a nasty is the word, but like like a face of rebuking. Amen. Stern. So she, she turned to, 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 to rebuke her children. And then she turned to look at me and said, hello, where were we? It's like we were talking about something. Then her children did something. And then she turned, the same person, she could change within a flip of a second. And I, I, it's, like, it's like the children, I'm sure they were jealous because those of us who had come to visit from, because if you don't live there, you are usually treated nicely. Amen. But not very long. After I stayed there during that vacation, after a while, <laughs> I noticed that if you don't take care, you also fall under the same scenario. Amen. Yeah, I thought my grandmother, I thought my grandmother, you know, it's like special treatment. One day she really gave it to me. Amen. So, and then, and then I think you covered some, something else last week. Worshipping with your mouth and yet rebelling in your heart. Amen. 
worshiping with your mouth and yet rebelling in your heart. You know, it is, it is um, one of the things that sometimes people do is that they forget that. You know, let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 4 verse, verse 12 and 13. Have you had a situation where people say, oh, don't, you can't do this or you can't say this because so and so is around. Right. What people don't realize is that actually it's not human beings you should be afraid of. The Bible says don't be afraid of even human beings who can kill the body. But be afraid of God who can put both body and soul in hell. But people are not afraid of human beings. I mean of God. For the word of God is what? Living and powerful and sharper than any two edges sword. Piercing to the dividing division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is at the center of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So God the word of God is God. Did you know that? John chapter 1 verse 1. So God or the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if you have something else in your heart, right, but you are publicly worshipping and showing a different picture, God who is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, he can notice it. Amen. You can, you can fool human beings, but you cannot fool God. That's why we are preaching against duality, that you cannot have a dual thing thinking that you are fooling people. Because God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. Let's add verse 13. And there is no creature, there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are what? Naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Hallelujah. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So did you cover, um, I'm sure you didn't cover, this one mature and childish. Alright. So, one of the things you can say about Samson is that he was both mature and he was childish also. Now, um, th th there, is, there is two adjectives like that come from the word child. That, you know, sometimes, when we say someone is childish, is it usually a good compliment? Because when somebody is, if they are already a child, you never use the word childish on them. When someone is older and they say they are childish, it's like behavior, you are old, but your behavior is like a child. Amen. And usually it's in the negative. But in the, but in the context of, of, of the New Testament statement Jesus made about children, which were positive, I've come across this other adjective called childlike. Child, so so Jesus, Jesus said that, except you, except you be converted, you get it. First of all, first of all, when they were bringing children to him and the disciples were preventing them, he made a statement. What did he say? Suffer the little children to what? To come unto me. For unto who? Unto such belongeth the kingdom of God. So Jesus connected children to the kingdom of God. So in other words, in the, in the Bible narrative, things to do with children are not always in a negative sense, right? So, so to be childlike is a good thing. Because, and then Jesus made another statement elsewhere. He said, except ye be converted. He was speaking to adults, obviously, because a child doesn't need to convert to become a child. Except ye be converted and become like what? Children. So, to, to, to be converted and become like little children, then that's where I'm getting the adjective childlike. Hallelujah. And, and why he's saying that? Because little children are humble. Little children are teachable. Little children are pliable and you can change them. Amen. And that is how the kingdom is. Is that not so? So, but then, but then, there are also some things about children that are not good, right? 
in the account of Ephesians 4, let's look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The reason why the fivefold ministry was given, right? It said that when Christ ascended on high, okay, he gave gifts unto men. Some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So these are the gifts God gave. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, or the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So this is what these fivefold ministries are supposed to do. They are supposed to prepare the saints to do the work of ministry, to edify the body of Christ. Unto what purpose? Next verse. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Okay? So that is the first lesson that we have a certain unity. Okay? And then we come to know who? The Son of God. To a, to a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is God's, God's curriculum for us. When you become a believer, God's intent is to pass through a spiritual school. Okay? Whereby we are being prepared to become... So, you see, you realize that you cannot say that you are fully grown. You, I mean, you are finished learning. Uh, none of us is anywhere near coming to the full stature of Christ. Hallelujah. There's a lot of room for improvement. But when we grow and become what? A perfect man. By the way, by the, way the word perfect there means mature. A mature man. We are talking about duality is what? A person who is both mature and childish. But the purpose of the fivefold ministry is to make the saints not childish. Like grow into maturity. And what are the fruits of this maturity? They, they become the stature of the fullness of Christ, okay? That we should no longer be what? Children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Hallelujah. Okay, so hold this thought in mind. Let's go to Judges. Judges 15. Because we are using someone's life as a prototype of somebody who was mature. He acted maturely in some, in some cases. In other cases, he was acting a bit childish. Hallelujah. Sometimes, some of the arguments and some of the fights among church members are actually childish. Because, you see, if you are mature, there are some things you don't even, you don't even add for that to. Do you get it? If somebody is saying, you just listen to it, say, this, is, this is nothing. Because, you see, when you walk with Christ, look, let me ask you a question. Do you think a lot of what happens in church, do you think Christ didn't see it? I mean, imagine Salome and Joanna and Susanna and the other Mary. This woman who followed Christ from, uh, from, from Galilee. Look, don't you think that there, was, there were quarrels sometimes? I mean, this is the human nature. But they didn't allow it to keep them from going together to the tomb after Christ was crucified, they had settled, settled their differences. The Bible said the woman rose early in the morning and they went to try and anoint the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, if they had quarreled, would they have gone together? What I'm saying is that these things happen by people who have learned to mature. They lay these small, small things aside. Amen. So look at this account about Samson. After a while, in the time of wheat harvest, Amen. It happened that something visited his wife with a young goat. I don't know whether he was going to do kebab or something with it. He visited his wife with a young goat. So it looks like something's wife was living among the Philistines. Is that not so? He went over with a young goat and he said, let me go into my wife, into her room. Hey! 
<laughs> but her father would not permit him to go in. What a shock. The father had made himself like a police officer at the entrance. Her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. <laughs> it's not her younger sister better than she. Please take her instead. So hold on. So you see, here is a situation where Samson had a wife. For some reason, it was like, I live here and you live there. You get it. And he had married somebody from the other, the enemy group. And I think something must have happened. And the father made a conclusion. Sometimes people make wrong conclusions. He may have had a little quarrel with his wife. It doesn't mean that I'm not coming back. Here is somebody who is making an announcement that I need to go and enter her room. Go into her. And the man has made his own assumption and said, you know what? I thought he didn't like her anymore, so I gave her to somebody else. Amen. Are you there? What we are talking about is that a sign of maturity is that when you hear news that make children react in a certain way, when you hear something that normally, in the natural sense, that the natural reaction should be, you, you, should, you should be violent, or you, 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 should, you should throw your arms in the air, or you should react in a certain way. If you are mature, you compose yourself a bit. Hallelujah. In fact, even if you are going to do something, you relax. Many instances, when I'm, about, I'm about to send an email. If somebody sends an email, which, which deserves, so sometimes when someone sends, someone sends an email, that deserves, naturally speaking, a certain type of reply back. But if you're a mature person, you don't always follow what you feel like. Amen. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, uh, somebody called me, said, okay, uh, 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 actually, I, I think the person themselves called me that this is what has happened, and this is how I'm, I'm going to respond to this. Okay, But I want you, he, the, the person said, the way I'm feeling, I cannot trust my words. That's a wise person. What do you think, Brother Eugene? He said, the way I'm feeling, I cannot trust. Come and read over what I'm about to send. And I, and I will go and read over, and I say, okay, you save it as a draft. We will come back to it later. Amen. In fact, one good thing is that if you are not too sure, don't have any recipient address in the email because as you are saving as a draft, the team might click send by mistake. Amen. So sometimes what you need to do is have no, no name on the, on the, how do you call it, recipient, and then save it as a draft and then come back later. Because you see, after you calm down, you can change a few words. So you see, life is about hearing things that you don't want to hear. The Bible says Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was able to deal with what is called a contradiction of sinners. Amen. What Do you think something is being treated fairly here? I don't think it's being treated fairly. I mean, at least consult me. Send me a text message. Send me a WhatsApp. That, by the way, I mean, the woman has been waiting for a while and the way you and guys fought, it doesn't look like you're interested in her anymore. And so I'm giving her, give the guy a chance to think about the thing. But you say, I've seen, sent her to your companion. <laughs> Do you get it? And then, and then you say, your, her younger sister is better. I knew her younger sister was there, but I came for her. What we are talking about is that when you are mature, you don't always react naturally. But sometimes there are people who act maturely sometimes, and then in other situations where you expect the same maturity, then they act childishly. Look at how he's going to react. Verse 3. And something said to them, this time I shall be blameless. He's about to do something bad. 
if somebody is up, I, say, I shall be blameless. It's like it's like I am already announcing to you what am I going to do. I, I no one can blame me. I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. So you see, you see what is happening here. Well, there are different ways you can look at it, but for now, f- f- come with me, okay? We are not looking at we are not looking at Israel versus Philistine now. Because if you are looking at Israel versus Philistine, clearly who would you vote for? You vote for Israelites. But now we are talking about a man and how he's what? Reacting to something that has happened to him. Okay? So now, this man who said that I've given your wife to somebody else is from which tribe? Philistines. Now this man, something is angry with him. And so because something is, something is angry with him, I said something, something is angry with him, which, I, which is also true. Something is angry with him and something is hungry, angry with him. Amen. Amen. Now, something has now taken this man and then now generalized that all Philistines, you are in trouble because somebody has taken my wife and given to my companion. This is what we call overreaction. And that's what children do. Children overreact. But because of this, they go, they swing from one pendulum to another because they don't have boundaries. Children cannot restrain themselves. And the person who knows how to control themselves all the time, that's maturity. Hallelujah. So he said, I'm going to harm them. Look at what he did. Because when a child wants to do something crazy, they have this twisted imagination and creativity. That's amazing. Amen. Have you watched the movie um, Left Alone? Is that No, Home Alone. They have, is it part, up to part three? The children, I mean, as you watch the movie, I mean, how many were with the kids? Because, because the kid in you came out. As you are watching the Home Alone movie, even though you are an adult, because of what the adults did, right? You kind of want go along with them and you want them to succeed. They tie this thing to this and all these things, that, things that you wouldn't think about. Children, th- think about that. Hallelujah. Look at this. Samson went and caught 300 foxes. So here is a man with a lot of strength. Okay? He has a lot of strength. To catch one fox is not a small job. A person who is maturing, who is not acting childishly, uses their strength prudently. But he catches 300 foxes and then he took torches. That, that, the torch is not the flashlight today we use. It's a torch like back in those days, like fire coming out of it. Yeah, and turned the foxes tail to tail. So it's like every two foxes, he tied their tail together. How much time is that going to take? You see, when somebody is a, ch- a child reacting, this is the type of things they dream of. Do you get it? Every two forces, it turns that, first of all, how are you going to keep the 288 forces? They are probably kept somewhere. Then you catch them two by two. <laughs> the time it takes. Do you get it? This is like a twisted mind. Twisted mind. Tie the, 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 the tail to each other. And then turn and then took the torch. So two forces, their tails are together. And then put the torch on it. Like, like fire on the, on the torches. Turn the forces tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. Keep in mind that verse 1 says at the time of what? Harvest. Which means the fields were dry. Do you get it? When he has set the torches on fire, he let the forces go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burn above the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive trees. So in other words, this is how he took his revenge on the Philistines. But in the end, he killed 300 innocent foxes. <laughs> Amen. Are you there? It's childish. This is childish behavior. I mean, there are, if you want to 
the, um, burn the uh, uh, harvest of feelings. There are better, easier ways to do it. But the whole meticulous process of you could you could say that it's like a almost like a mental case. It's a mental case because somebody has taken his wife and given to another. Look, I make no mistake of belittling what they did to Samson. And in many instances in your life, you are really hurt for something. But the test of your maturity is going to be how you are able to contain and restrain yourself. That you also don't go and double in the same behavior. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me, somebody? Right. What are some of the bad things about kids? Childish things. Kids are restless. They cannot still, still sit at one place. That's why people, some people they jump from church to church. Because they cannot sit at one place. It means they are children. That's the Ephesians scripture. Moving to and fro. Amen. And then the other thing is that kids cry a lot. It's like, it's like they whine a lot. When you have people who are always complaining about something, that is also childish. Hallelujah. Let's, move, let's add one more of the dual behavior. Loyal and slanderous. Eish. That one, dear. Loyal and slanderous. That one is the most subtle, dangerous dual behavior. Because, because when it comes to what uh, something did, I mean, it, it, it's something external that is visible, right? But a person who is a dual uh, uh, person, in terms of, in one sense, they are loyal. Do you get it? But in another sense, they are slanderous. Like, like, like behind your back, they are saying something. Totally opposite. Amen. And pastors suffer from that a lot. What I mean is like, it is done to pastors a lot. Like, people will tell you, oh, Rev, I'm so blessed by your message. What a service. <laughs> what a day. And then they could turn around and say, hmm, I don't know. I've been going to the church for years. I'm not getting blessed. <laughs> Amen. But you see, they know how to package it carefully. So that, so that, because you see, especially in our house, when we emphasize loyalty a lot, loyalty is one of the things that it will rub off on you, even if you come from a disloyal background. You would, you will know how to act loyal, amen. You will know how to act loyal. Like, like in this house, one of the practices is that when we have a meeting, right, with a very important person, one of our leaders, has a meeting with us. As the meeting is finishing, one of the things we do is that. One of the people will thank the leader. Do you get it? So we want to thank you for this meeting. Want to, okay, so the, a, a, a person can do that from their heart. I am not by any means saying that all lawyer people are also slanderous. As a matter of fact, we are trying to kill that slandering <laughs> behavior in our heart. Hallelujah. Now, I will tell you that most likely, like Bishop even has said it, that not all Orangu's behavior are Judas. Like, everybody who is appearing, bestowing something like that, it's not all situations that they are Judas. In fact, Judas is the minority. Is that not so? So, so it's a question of controlling yourself when you are tempted in acting like Judas. Amen. Sometimes it starts gradually. When it is not checked, then it becomes a Judas. Are you following what I'm saying? So sometimes it's not that there is no case or basis. Sometimes there is a case or a basis. But what happens is that 
the scripture says that how can how can salty water come from the same place that spring water is coming from so that if you are you are saying all these nice things to the person why is it that you the same person can say something so dirty about about the person so then then, then we begin to question the nice things you say we begin to question whether they were real hallelujah are you following the point bishop that gives an example in the book his about his own life he said he, he went to a service one day and the pastor was taking an offering amen you see the thing is that um bishop Doug, one of the things you can see about the bible okay one of the one of the um arguments why we believe the bible is the true word of god is that the bible does not hide the not so nice things about the bible characters did you know that like if if the bible was not written by the holy spirit and it was being written by pure human uh, human beings then good characters like david you wouldn't say all the bad things about david that is recorded it means that somebody else is writing the scriptures the holy spirit exactly and so and so i'm say, i said that also to say that bishop that one of the things that makes you see he's genuine is that some of the bad things he himself has done he says it in his preaching and his books so that we can all learn from it are you there so he said he went to a, a service one day and um the preacher was taking an offering and then i think the preacher must have might have taken an offering before like here we take two offerings right so he turned to the sister sitting by and said ah offering we've already taken offering i mean taking an offering again i mean these people they love money too much <laughs> that's bishop dark brother dark at that time <laughs> so he said that the sister turned to look at her at him with a face of disapproval which we call the north wind do you get it the north wind turns the, the storm away so so when the sister turned to look at, at, at him that way he said that he said that conviction came on him he realized that what he has said was wrong that he shouldn't have said so. So one day, he said that my, my spirit smote me, that my conscience smote me. So when the service was over, right, he said he, he walked up to the pastor and told the pastor, I want to tell you something that I did. Um, you know, uh, when you were taking the offering, I, I, I grumbled and commented bad about it. And I'm sorry. He said the pastor was very surprised and put his hand on his shoulder and blessed him. And he said one day, God will use you. And today God is using him. But flip it, right? It is very possible for a person who is dual, right? To have made that comment to the sister. Okay? And could still go to the pastor and say, you know, today, 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 well, today will be today. Today you, you, God used you so much. I'm, I've been so touched. Meanwhile, the pastor wouldn't know that this same person was saying something negative about them. Are you, are you there? This is the type of thing we are trying to kill. That it is not of God. Look at this scripture. 1 Timothy 3.8. Amen. 1 Timothy 3.8. Likewise, deacons. Deacons means helpers. People who help the church. Deacons must be reverent. Not double-tongued. Amen. Not giving too much wine. Not greedy for money. No, just stay right there. Verse 8. He's talking about the criteria for people who help in church. That you cannot be what? Loyal. You are loyal. In, in, and then you are double-tongued. But deacons, all, they should be reverent. 
there should be grace or reverence. It's, it's like that there should be a certain aura and honor about you. Not double tongue. So when you're double tongue, you're not reverent. Double tongue people know how to act and they know the right things to say. But then elsewhere they are saying something different. Hallelujah. In fact, another word for double tongue is diabolos. Which is slanderer. Amen. That's, what, that's, the, 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 that's the serpent behavior. See the, see the serpents have two, two tongues. Do you get it? Not giving to much wine. That one, nobody would dispute that. That you stopped drinking a long time ago. But you have not stopped your double tongue behavior. Meanwhile, the two are in the same verse. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Not greedy for money, which is another one. He's talking about people who are helping in the church. There ought not to be anything like that found among us. Let's look at this scripture. Matthew 12 and verse 33. Matthew 12 and 33. We are talking about one other behavior about dual, example of dual behavior is what? Loyal and slanderous. This is from Jesus. I'll either make the tree good and its fruit good. Or else, make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So you see, in my mind, if a person is saying all the nice things, but at the same time, they are saying all these negative things. Jesus is saying the same tree cannot bring forth good fruit and bad fruit. So the good things have been negated by the bad things that the person has been saying. Hallelujah. It is in the same passage that Jesus said, look, let's, add, let's go to jump to 36, verse 36. It is in the same passage. But I said to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. This is a very scary thought. Amen. Every other word. One man of God, he was being, um, I think he was undergoing a tooth operation. And he died on the operating table. And when he died, he came out of his body. Right? And he saw them trying, frantically trying to revive him. And as he was just standing in space like this, Jesus appeared to him. And when Jesus came, he said, he, he said when he looked at his, his, himself and his body, he said his himself was looking a lot more fit and more glamorous. You know, and, and, and um, he wasn't as overweight as... <laughs> and then Jesus, said, Jesus told him that the way you look, that's how I see you. You are perfect to me. And then Jesus said, come here, come here, come here. You know how somebody says, <laughs> come here. And then he got close and Jesus whispered something into his ears. And Jesus said, watch your words. Because every other word, this verse, Jesus quoted this verse, every other word you've said, it will be what? Used against you in judgment. Then he said he went back like this. Like, because he said he's somebody who's a talker. He talks and talks and talks anyhow. And Jesus said, why are you surprised? Did you not think I meant what I said in Matthew 12, 36? Hallelujah. So that we have to watch our words very carefully. You see, have you heard the expression, walls have ears? Some of the things you have said slanderously, nobody heard it. But God is listening to it. And that type of thing is a dual behavior. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Look at, let's look at this scripture in James as we wind down. James chapter 3. You see, why this thing over the tongue is so important is that please understand that sin came into the world through the mouth. Did you know that? Through eating. Amen. Sin came through the world and there's a big connection between the mouth and your spirit man. 
Bishop said, uh, I don't know whether this was a dream or a, I think this one was a dream. He said, another example of Bishop Dan, he said one day he was um, in a dream. This one was a dream or a vision. He was walking with another brother. And as they were walking, he said the conversation turned to a certain man of God, right? And the Bishop Dark said he started saying some bad things about that man of God in the dream. Amen. And then he said that they had, they had something like a beast, a lion or some type of beast, descending from some mountains behind them. Amen. Say it again. A vulture. Descending, coming towards them. And as the thing was coming, it was coming, 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 coming towards them. Okay? And, and, and then he thought that, okay, that thing is going to pass by them. Right? But then Bishop said, he noticed that. You see how when something is coming towards you, you can see that it's coming towards you. <laughs> exactly. He said, rather that thing was coming almost about you and turned him. And then he came out of the vision. And the Lord said that, whenever you open your mouth to say something bad, something negative about one of my servants, you are calling for evil spirits. And they will come and enter you and they will use you. Hallelujah. That was a revelation. Brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. You see, being able to control your tongue is a big key to living a perfect and a holy life. He is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. We are going, I believe, to verse 11 or verse 12. Indeed, we put bits in horses, in horses' mouth, that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. So you see how when you are riding horses, they put this thing there and then you use it to control the horse. Look at also ships. Although they are so large and are driven by what? Fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So the proportion is what this verse is talking about. That your tongue is very small. Okay? But it can do many, many big things. Even so, the tongue is a little member and both great things. See how great a forest a little fire candles. Your tongue can put a fire up. Alright? The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Hallelujah. That's why in Psalm 34, quoted by Peter, he said that, my little children, let me teach you the, 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 the way of the Lord. Anyone who wants to live long to what? Keep their mouth from guile. What you say with your mouth goes along with, sometimes, I must tell you, Sometimes your life can be shortened because of things you say with your mouth. Hallelujah. The tongue is so set among our members that it defies the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. That's one of the benefits of praying in tongues. The more you pray in tongues, you gain control over your tongue. Because supernaturally, you become restrained in what you say. What, what, with, with it, that is with the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. So in other words, when people are not around and you curse them, you say bad things about them, God is very angry. It doesn't matter whether they are unbelievers or believers. Because men have been created in the image of God. When you say bad things about people behind their back, it says that these people have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, 
these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Does no spring yield both short water and fresh? God is calling us to the singular nature of Christ. Christ is not confused. Christ is not bipolar. Hallelujah. If we are believers, we have the nature of Christ in us. Go to Galatians 2.20 as we, as we close. Galatians 2.20. Somebody may say, well, you know, I've been trying. I've been, uh, uh, this thing just comes upon me sometimes. The reality of the matter is that, first of all, if somebody has just gotten born again, right, and they used to have this type of dual way of speaking, God knows that they're a new baby and there's time to grow and gradually you come out of it. But sometimes it's not that they're a new baby. They've been a believer for years. But they have learned how to use double standards. That there's a different view of you publicly and a different view of you privately. Amen. And God is now rooting it out that this type of thing is actually the nature of Satan trying to usurp the nature of Christ. The question we have to ask ourselves is who do we seek to please? Do we seek to please ourselves or do we seek to please Christ? Because here's the scripture. I have been crucified with Christ. That old slanderous nature has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It's no longer I who want to take revenge. It's no longer I who want to react based on the way I'm feeling. It's no longer I that I know how to talk and I know how to... One, 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 one of my teachers, he said, he said, if you play the fool, I will tell you one word, word. And it will weigh on you for the rest of your what, uh, life. <laughs> it's like he never used that word in the class. But we were all afraid that one day he would say that word. And people pride themselves in being able to say a word that will cut to the heart. That will see you seriously. That will burn your heart seriously. Look, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians 4 and 29. But all that which is to the use of edifying that you might minister grace unto the hearers. Whether the person is present or the person is absent, should it make a difference? Let's say only good things. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let us rise and give God thanks, preparing an offering for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much. For you are good and all your ways are perfect. We pray, O oh God, that we shall take our hearts and our offerings. Use it for your glory. We pray and desire that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. Bless all that we give with our heart in the name of Jesus. Amen.